Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. It's Mercer. I am here, of course, with the infamous Jeff Sauer. And today's topic is all about this new thing. I don't know if you've heard about it, Jeff. It's a thing called AI. Uh, no idea what it stands for. Just figured, you know, it seems to be popular, like all the cool kids are doing it. Uh, and and this is the topic. We're talking about AI and how businesses are currently using it. And this is one of those topics I think we're going to hit over and over and over again because it rapidly changes uh, it, every day. There seems to be like a new AI tool. I'm trying to keep up with it on the YouTubes as I'm watching stuff. And it just seems like there's like a million new things that all kind of do the same thing, but in different ways. And I'm super curious, especially from the process standpoint, how are, are we using AI and, and how businesses are using it? So I guess first to define it, how do you think about AI just in general? How do you define that? Yeah. I mean, right now, AI to me is most likely using generative AI in order to come up with research ideas, to write content, to basically save yourself time in what you'd normally be doing in your process. So using some kind of layer where you type in a prompt and then it gives you back an answer and using that as a way to generate things like text, generate things like images, generate video. You can generate pretty much anything now with that. So you're using a model to train either on the entire internet or your own processes to give you answers faster. And a lot of people I think are using it as either a complete and total end all be all where that's all they do to create things or people are, you know, more using it to do first drafts of what they're working on. And then there's people who are just completely avoiding it. You know, the turtle with their head in the shell, just like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about this thing. It's going to go away or they're going to be our overlords type stuff. So that's that's sort of like how I look at AI. It's generating things using a prompt and, and getting a response back and then turning it into some kind of piece of content. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, for us too, it's it's anything that you can use for automation. It's kind of how I think about it, right? So I kind of group it together with like the no code movement and everything else that's going on. It's like just anything we can do to automate. AI is just another way to automate stuff. Uh, even if it's just automating words, right? Like I need to write 300 word, you know, blog post on whatever and AI can, can help you out with it. Um, I'm curious how you're using it. Like right now, uh, we will use it for research. We'll use it for market research. Like I kind of think about AI as a, as a reflection of the world. And so we can go to AI and say, hey, pretend you're this person, right? And inhabit this role of an individual and get this persona down so that we can have a conversation with it, understanding that, there is no it, right? It doesn't know it's alive. I'm going to sort of tackle that up front. Like I, I get it's not a real thing, but we're using it to reflect back because in, in true form, like especially a large language model like ChatGPT or Claude.ai or Bard or any of the other million other ones that are out there and will consistently grow more of them for sure. Um, all of those large language models are just probabilities of words, right? So one word followed by the next word followed by the next word, and that's how it figures it out. And it doesn't actually know what it said. It's just giving you probabilities of, of making sure it's got the right word. In a way, that's kind of how humans think too. So I, I get the concept of that, but I'm also very cognizant that it does not understand what it's saying. Right, it's just giving us a, a reflection. So we'll use it for that market research. Be like, okay, come up with eight different objections or three hundred different objections, because it doesn't know to stop. Right, it'll just be like, yeah. you know, it'll just give you three hundred different objections, and we get these 
these we use it for a lot for brainstorming and for causing the humans right which are part of the process the humans to go like oh i never would have thought about that that's creative and new for the human the ai isn't creative it doesn't know it's creative but the human can look at that and go like ah that's a new way of looking at it. I don't 100% agree with it, but it caused this other spark, right? This other spark, you know, captured this this other idea. So we'll use it for that. We will use it for code. Uh, we're getting really good at using it for that. So it's like you get a standard form and maybe it's got drop downs, but you want them to show radio buttons or vice versa, you know, for some sort of selection. We can go put that form in and say, hey, I would like this to be drop down or uh, I would like this form to so when somebody goes into a certain field let's say a phone number field that it shows the phone number on a mobile device it shows the phone uh, pad as opposed to the text pad on a mobile device please write this code so it does that and there's all sorts of things that you know bard is really good at that you know for that sort of stuff so we'll use it to rewrite code um definitely obviously for copy we'll use it for copy not just for the research part but for that you know let's call it 60 percent 70 percent done uh what used to be a copy cub uh what we, we call initially a copy cub the beginning copywriters who are just sort of starting out as the apprenticeship roles they're they're just gone I, I don't think that's a job that exists anymore i think you go right to copy chief you need to understand copy persuasion uh patterns open loops all that sort of stuff and then you use chat gpt as the copy cub to to sort of copy chief and and i think editors are becoming more important because of that yeah because chat gpt is out there um you know so that's sort of some of the ways that we are currently using it we haven't done it a lot for images um yet because we haven't had a, a need for it yet but i'm i'm interested in, in that i'm interested in using it for headshots um, mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, super curious, kind of your experience on, on that sort of stuff. If you could play with that, cause I could see that being a thing. Uh, I've thought about it from an instructor standpoint. Could we replace out instructors, uh, as, as people, not that we want to do that. Right. But at a certain point, it's like, should we do that? We should at least sh should confront it. I don't think, again, you don't want to be the, the ostrich in the sand, right? The turtle in the shell. You don't want to just ignore it. You got to look at it and be like, is this something that could replace me as an instructor? If I just gave it a script, you know, and then have a virtual Mercer that could teach the course like right now they're not quite there but i can see it right these deep fakes yeah. are getting better and better so i can see something like that and that might make it easier because i don't have to wake up and do my hair to get on camera yeah. you know like that would be a huge time saver so this that's some of the ways that, that we're looking at it as as a um as getting the team into it um but as on your end like how are you using it kind of on a on a daily basis do you kind of just remember it and be like oh we'll, we'll bring it in because we forgot to use it. it's not part of the pattern yet or or how are you integrating it right now yeah it's it's interesting because it's i think everybody on my team is super super awesome about wanting to use ai so i don't necessarily have a standard but we all we we use all the tools you mentioned there um we, we're not crazy into imagery yet because we don't really have a lot of use cases for imagery but i i yeah. I have a friend who created one that's like an AI logo generator and he he's an artist and he can create a logo and he gave me a demo of it. It's a really cool tool and um, it uses all these different things. It's really, it's prompt engineering. It's, it's getting better inputs, but right now I think that AI will impact every part of how we do business or it has an opportunity to impact it. But I think that right now it's a very human thing to connect the dots, which it might still be. 10, 20 years from now, right? So it's like AI, it, it gives us a bunch of ideas and then the human filter goes through and then it goes to market. That's, re that's really how yeah. how we use it. So um, it's not something we need to really think a lot about whether we should use AI or not. We're completely bought in. So um, my flow right now is it's AI everywhere. So like I, we, you know, let me just tell you a few examples of how we use it. So one is I record my voice 
talking about something. So I, I, I call it a riff. I riff on, you know, like a newsletter article that I want to send, or I riff on an SOP that we put into our profit pillars library. I riff, I just riff on things. Right. And then I use AI to transcribe that otter.ai just automatically turns it into a transcript and it's pretty accurate and it even summarizes it. I do that for all of our meetings and stuff. Then we feed that into chat GPT or Claude, depending on, I mean, Claude's actually getting better results than chat GPT for how we use it right now. So we're, we sort of migrated over to there a little bit and we just use that to come up with a first draft. Then we review it and say, does this make sense? Is this accurate? We, we do the human filter on it. And then we say, okay, if this is good, we run it through there. So you're right. Our role is more of an editor and more of a fact checker and more of a subject matter expert, but it is replacing. Like I used to do that. I used to have people write newsletters for me where I'd do an audio file for five, 10 minutes, and it would take them four billable hours in order to get me a draft that I had to go edit anyway. So the, the low level junior, like you said, the, the copy cub is they don't really have a lot of value right now because if, if, if they're not good, if they're not production ready, then, then you can use AI to create that. Right. So I think that, um, a lot of, a lot of basic roles are no longer needed in an organization that utilizes this. So you can take something that, you know, I, I think I paid hundred dollars for a draft article that I had to change every word on. Now I pay $20 a month to have a draft article, you know, or, or my tech stack to, to have as many of those things as I want. So, you know, it's, it's basically a 10 X to hundred X cost reduction in those areas. It doesn't mean that you don't have to do the other things, but it is it is the greatest first draft in the history of the world. And so for everything we do, like if I'm doing market research, I use it as a first draft. If I'm doing an email, it's a first draft. But you have to be careful because it's it's almost like a very stylish, not a lot of substance output, right? It sounds good. Yeah. They use big words. It sounds yeah. amazing. But then when you read it, it's actually not saying anything. And so I'm, I'm able to tell AI pretty easily. Like even if my team uses it as a draft and they don't edit it enough, I'm like, did you use AI on this? And like, yeah, how'd you know? And I was like, it's obvious because you didn't, got say, a certain you didn't say anything. You used yeah. a lot of words to not say anything. And that's not actually what business people want. And that's not what my audience wants is a lot of words to not say something. You know, we want fewer words to be very specific about what we're doing. So yeah, I've always yeah, I've always yeah. likened it to like the that high school kid who does a book report on the book that they didn't read. So they got the cliff notes right, or they watched the movie, or they talked to their friends who maybe did read the book, and they had to make a five page paper about it. So they're like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm gonna be like, you know, this was one of my very, 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 very favorite books. Um, okay, how many more words? Okay. You know, maybe if I double space it with a higher font, right? And that's kind of what AI seems to produce a lot of times. So again, I think that'll go away with time um, because obviously that's a huge problem and it's super noticeable. I, I, I agree with you. They can, you can smell it. It just sort of has a certain feel to it. Um, yeah. But that's why the human is involved. And I think the two together are pretty good because you know it's not going to give you a top quality product, you know, and then you can sort of layer on, on top of that. Are you using it for anything like, like code based or more technical other than uh kind of kind of the blog post or writing content yeah so um yes i mean to the point where if somebody asks you a technical question like hey how does this work you can use chat gpt to come up with like what should my data layer be for a gtm implementation you can absolutely get a better you know or optimize this code you can you can do those types of things that doesn't come up every day in my life that i need to use it but our community uses it all the time and so we you know more than anything i'm i'm more of an advisor teacher you know experimental role versus like the day-to-day -day mechanics of running a job so i think yeah. that it 
for, for an instructor, this is something you had touched on. Like one thing I do is like when I'm creating a course, I use ChatGPT and I say, hey, I'm creating a course on this topic. Please give me the mo- the outline for the modules, you know, of what you do. And I've done it myself as well. And it's about 80% of what I would what I had in there. And it helps me find gaps in what I didn't analyze, you know. So so I use it as a way to say, hey, well, they they mention these things. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot to mention this thing. Oh, that's cool. That could be that that's what this thing needs. Or, oh, yeah, you know, um, you know, so basically validates my thinking and it fills in the gaps. And that's how I look at the code as well. So if you're if you're coding like a, a UTM U variable or a data layer or something that's been around since before, you know, since the model was trained or is, is readily asked on Stack Overflow, you can definitely get that to optimize what you're doing, right? So yeah. I use it for gap analysis all the time. It just depends on what gap you're trying to analyze as you go through it. So it, it works in instruction. It, I'm not like doing GTM implementations myself, so I don't need it, but but it definitely the community does that. And the people that we teach, we, we sort of teach them how that works. We've, we've also used it for like, uh, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to build an API between this and this. What are the basic steps, right? To sort of yeah. as, a, as a tool to help teach people who do have um, that capacity on the technical mindset to kind of give them a little, whereas normally they'd have to work with a developer. Now they sort of have this friendly thing that happens to know everything about everything, or at least it implies that, right? So they can get a little bit of tips on that. They use it for SQL queries, uh, BigQuery becoming a new tool that a lot of businesses are starting to get into because of the the idea that we all need to have our own data now, first party, and, and BigQuery is a good place to store that. So we're getting used to using it for that. Um, going back to one thing, I think that that is probably a little more general because unless you're in, you know, measurement or your business is really using those tools, you, you probably don't have that need. But you do have a need for taking notes and getting action steps out of meetings. You probably are meeting with whether it's your own team members or with clients or something like that. And one thing we have been um, playing around with, we're at the early stages of this, but I I really like. Um, I'm trying to skate to where the puck is, right? To kind of use that analogy mm-hmm. of, of saying, okay, here, here's where I think this is going. The sooner that we can pick a winner, the sooner that we can get really uh, good at that particular path and, and be further ahead when the rest of the world figures it out. So for example, if um, years ago, I remember, in fact, I literally just talked to this guy last week, uh, which was great because I told him this story. I was like, I, the, I was working at a company where this, a friend of mine uh, that I met there, and this was obviously a long while ago, where he's like, hey, there's this new search engine. You should try it out. It's called Google. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember that moment when he was like, Google, and I was like, how different it was. And it'd be like, wow, like they, that's just, it just gave you the answers. Whereas everything else, yeah. you had to do more research and figure it out. And like the search engines back then were kind of like AI is now. Like they kind of got you somewhat there, but not yeah. all the way there. Right. And I think with time, there will be all the way there. So what I'm looking at, me personally as a, as a team, is we're looking at companies like Google. And I think a lot of little companies that say they have AI don't, right? They're using ChatGPT or something like that. Like they're, it's not, yeah. it's not really their creation. They don't really know what they're doing as much, um, or, or in some cases, right? Not all, obviously, but, but some they just sprinkle it on there to sell a product. Google, I think, is really committed to this. They know they need yeah. it, and they've got lots of experience working with it. So it's going to, it's getting already injected into Google Docs, into Sheets, into all of their platforms. It'll end up in Workspace. It'll, it's already in your email when you go to reply, right? Uh, it'll eventually, it's already coming through on text if you have Android. So all this sort of AI assistant type roles are coming together. We started for that reason, started going to Meet and, and practicing Google Meet because I'm looking at it like. 
hmm, is Google Meet, which automatically does transcripts, just like Otter does. But of yeah. course, we're already paying for this because we, we, we use Workspace. And my yeah. thinking, we're already paying for this. Why am yeah. I paying for another tool to do the thing that I'm already could get for free if I just turned it on? So we started doing that. Automatically gives transcripts. It understands who everybody is, which is great, um, and does a really good job. Then what I do is I take that transcript and I paste it into Bard. And this is where I think the, the prompting conversation comes in, because there is a certain way of, you know, you've got to really understand the interaction between the human and the AI through this yeah. engineering, right? Which is kind of the, the fancy term for it right now. Um, I don't know if that job title will stick around very long, um, but I, but I, it is important to understand prompting. So we yeah. would prompt it by basically saying, and this, and this goes back to the conversation you and I had about an EA, where I, I just basically went to Bard and I was like, pretend you are my EA, right? Without saying yeah. exactly words but basically i was like hey you're an ea who's really good at this this and this you spend your days doing this this and this you know tasking out things and making sure people are following up and you're incredible at bullet points and, and pulling out repeats so with that in mind please look at this transcript and do that job yeah and it would say okay and then it gives me a summary of the transcript and then it gives me uh so i have like a paragraph or two of here's what was covered and then broken down by bullet point actionable tasks that it pulled out that it noticed from each individual person that was having that conversation, which yeah. was pretty close. It was really nice to see that. Like it wasn't perfect, but I wasn't expecting perfect, right? I didn't want to keep it, you know, uh, expectations set, but it was it was really good where I was like, wow, I didn't, I totally, I, cause I had already kept notes. I wanted to see how well it, it did, right? How close did it get to what I was already knowing to do? And it picked yeah. out something where I was like, oh, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't mention that, but I should probably pull this in. And maybe it missed something else, but it was close enough where, is it worth the extra 35 seconds that that cost us to to get that? Yeah. And then we've got a permanent record with the transcript. We paste the summary stuff up above that. So everyone's got a meeting notes, the actual transcript, but above it, it starts with that Bard summary with the bullet points. Yep. And I'm only using Bard right now. Uh, Claude is a great one. I, and Claude AI, I hear incredible things with, and I know a lot of, of my friends are using Claude AI because it can handle more yeah. right now, but that's going to be temporary. It's a temporary advantage. They'll unlock Bard, just like they'll unlock ChatGPT, just like they'll unlock everything, everything else. Because I think these large language models will get very commodified with time. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll just get cheaper and cheaper and they'll just be one that rules them all eventually. Some sort of yeah, open source data is probably, but, but that's kind of, I'm trying to skate to the buck with the Google stuff going, well, if, if I can integrate this and then eventually the transcript just does that on its own. Cause they realize people want to do that anyway. Yeah. Right. Which is sort of, and that's where I'm trying to, to figure out like, how do I, how do I nestle AI as a role in the organization? Almost thinking about it like that. Like here's the, yep. the automation team member that is currently Claude AI or ChatGPT or sometimes Bard, but we think about it like, okay, how are we, how are we bringing on this team member, right? Who's not going to come to us and say, Hey, I can help you with this, but that we have to bring on off the bench and say, Hey, can you help us with this? You know? Yeah. Um, and we've been practicing a lot with that. I love it. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I was going to get into as well as just this idea of prompt engineering and what you feed it and how you how you train it on your business rules is like the next level next frontier of this of all this working it is how do you get good inputs to it or how do you tell it what to do to get there and that's actually the next level of us managing our businesses right when you're first starting you're the you're the resource then eventually you get better at telling people what to do and then eventually you get better at setting the strategy for how you're going to do what you do and the the direction you're going in long term that is still our role. So again, it, it's replacing more of the tactical roles in the business than it is the super strategic roles. Um, and then the strategic roles 
it makes their job easier too because they're getting better inputs and they're getting it more promptly. They're getting it more quickly. So a lot that would allow us to take on more more work. That allows us to do all these different things that we never really imagined before. So I, I like that that they it's it's what you feed it and what you prompt it. The language models probably are not like one's going to win, like you said, or or multiple of them. There's there's space for multiple ones. Um, right. It's the interoperability that's going to be really important here. How they work with each other. It's you know even like the the API of OpenAI of, of ChatGPT being able to use that with what I think they call it plugins, maybe whatever yeah. they call it, right? But where you can where you can plug into it, it's going to be those connections that are really important. I definitely like what you're saying around placing a bet on the Google ecosystem. Google will be a player in this, no doubt about it. Um, part of the reason why Google Search was so successful was because they had a better layer of the prompt of the prompts, right? They had a better layering of the prompts. They built that into their algorithm. So if they can build the prompts into what they're doing, like they did with search, they will be the Google of AI in that sense, right? Versus, you know, chat GPT, uh, mid journey, all these other things, they don't really give you the prompts. They give you the model, right? So I agree with you. It's the, it's that extra layer that goes on top of it that will probably be make the next winner. I think that's a safe bet to say that Google will be a player in there of many. And and it just looked like, look at how much Google Workspace, look at what it's replaced in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, it's the entire Microsoft Office suite is obsolete because of it. Um, your email, like a lot of email is obsolete because of it. Your Zoom, I haven't really, I stopped using Meet for a while, but I'm guessing it's way better now. So maybe that's way that better is, now. You know, yeah. Um, and and so that yeah and and the things they add to it the storage I don't need Dropbox anymore I've basically right. I don't need Airtable nearly as much now that Sheets has gotten to be as good as it is like I've yep. basically removed about ten extra pieces of software because of the Google Suite and if you add AI onto it then yeah we're we're you're positioned well if you use it in one spot so I, I really like that insight and there's a there's a tool that they have I'm on the waiting list I don't have direct experience with this yet but I've heard good things about it. it's called Notebook LM that they're coming out with, which essentially is, you know, notebook language model is kind of mm -hmm. what the LM stands for. So what they're basically saying is, listen, we'll be able to create this huge doc, let's just call it that for now, where you have all, let's say all uh, information around uh, how, to, how to do P&L statements and how to use a P&L statement to grow a business or how to do yeah. this or how to do that or whatever. And you can use it as its, its own, it'll build its own language model, essentially based on your data it stays your data and siloed, which I'm a huge fan of because I don't like the idea of just giving away everybody, giving away everything to everyone. And now ChatGPT's got everything, but it's all commodified. And, and eventually it'll, it'll, I think all things return to the mean. At a certain point, if this thing keeps going, it'll just return gibberish because yeah. every, all, it's, 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 it's an endless loop of feeding itself, a snake eating its own tail sometimes. So you need something that's going to be separate and that you can train, right? Like first, yep. it's almost like in marketing, the first step is get an email list. Second step is segment that email list, right? And, and that's what large language models. First thing is get a large language model. Second thing is segment the model so you can train it. Like, oh, this part of the model does financial questions. This part of the model does marketing questions or whatever the thing is, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But this, this, uh, they currently have the waiting list for that. So I'm, I'm, that's where I'm looking and I'm like, okay, that might be something that is going to be incredible. Cause I can give it my, the plan would be, we give it to the, let's say our instructor team at uh, the measure marketing Academy. Cause we have this thing called the ask instructor system, which I'm a huge believer in having human support, right? Cause especially with yep. the stuff you need to talk things out. So the humans, the human instructors could have access to this. They could use it. They could feed it. They could improve it. So they can use it as answers and resources for themselves. And then they are the ones who interact. Is that the right answer? Because remember, the AI doesn't know if it's right. It can't evaluate if it's correct or not, at least not yet. Yeah. 
but you know, eventually just not yet. So it needs the human to still evaluate and then propose the solution to the, to the student. So we're, we're planning to use it like that, where we can maybe help instructors get through questions faster because they don't have to do as much analysis. They could send a video into this platform and the platform goes, oh, here's what's going on. And then they can just shortcut and be like, okay, is that, is that true? And if it is yeah. great, now they can answer questions faster. Um, but still, you know, so, so we're using it internally versus what I see a lot of people moving into, which I get why, because it's super seductive of this, like, hey, you don't need customer support anymore. Let our AI bot do it all. But I am, I am a little paranoid about that AI bot giving out wrong information and no one knows it. You know, because it's just independently working. So I'm I'm not willing to let it off its leash that far yet. Um, eventually, I think it could it could be that I just don't trust it as much um, without having that human, uh, you know, humans there. But I could see that being something too. You know, yeah, using it for customers. Yeah, I support. mean, I, yeah, that's something that I I definitely am inspired by and 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 think about as well. Maybe it creates a blind spot for both of us, but. I like to think of AI as I like to train it on my own stuff. <laughs> like yeah. I would like, like we, I have hundred to 200 hours of, of recording myself teaching. You probably have a similar amount of, of time you've spent teaching. Like, it'd be great if you could get a Mercer bot that could, that could create something or, or teach or, or think how you're going to think or anticipate your questions like a chat bot with you, but like a general chat bot that has generic answers. Isn't that cool to me? Right. So that, that's, that's, right. um, you know, maybe we're missing out by not by, you know, I, like, it's like, do you want AI to summarize the world's knowledge or your knowledge? At this point, right. I want to summarize my knowledge. That's what makes right. me unique. Uh, maybe that's short sighted. Maybe it's the world's knowledge. But but then again, if it is the world's knowledge, then I think that a lot of people's doomsday scenarios end up being true. And that is it, that we there's no jobs, there is no work for people to do. There isn't like we are completely replaced by AI. Whereas I take on the the stance, and this is like what happened with the internet. This is what happens with farming. You know, everything is that you just you know people think that everybody's gonna be out of a job when a new technology trigger happens, and yet it creates new jobs, more wealth, Always. more Always. efficiency. I'm totally in the abundance mindset with this thing. Yeah, it's only too. gonna create more things. It will never like well, we won't let it replace the need for human. I just don't see that happening, at least in my lifetime. But what we can do is we can make it so that it 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 um it it aids our abundance. And so having a catalog like we do, and then having AI and being able to use that catalog to train a model, like we can, it, it's, it's basically a, it's immortality to a certain extent, right? It is, it is not just like, it's, 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 it's so cool. Now there's so many steps that, that needs to happen, right? Like there's so many things that need to connect to each other, but like you said, Everything I have is on Google Drive. There will be a button at some point where you can just hit scan and it will just be like, yeah. okay, this is Jeff, right? Yep. Like, like funny thing is like when I first started um, using computers, I tried to get my grandpa to use a computer and, and there was dragon naturally speaking, right? And it's like, right. he's like, I, I don't want to yeah. type. I just want to, I just want to speak. And so I was like, okay, you just got to do two hours of training your voice. You just got to say two hours worth of words. This thing will then run a thing and it'll, it'll just take like seven days to come up with a profile and then all you need to do is hit the button and speak and then you'll have your voice be be done right that's what it used to right. be in the 2000s even it wasn't that long ago in order to do voice recognition now guess what you do you just talk and then it types real time and there's not anything you know it works better you don't even it's need trained. to train it it yeah. just knows yeah. it's trained on voices like mine like it doesn't it doesn't it's it's not good with certain people accents, who have accents. Right. it's not good with people right. who are minorities it's not good to people right. who have any kind of um anything different than a white american right but right. at least 
it's making some progress, right? And eventually, as more people go online, it should be able to, they can train these things and get them better. But that's yeah. like, that's the difference, right? So like right now, yeah, it's hours and hours of prompt engineering to train a model within what? It has to be within one year, yep. I would say, that you don't even have, that the model sort of like implied or it's templatized or there's that layer on top of it where you're just like, here's what I want to do, right? So you give it context and then it just works. Or maybe it understands context, which is pretty cool. Like Siri understands context pretty well. A lot of these things actually understand context better than you think. Um, they're just not quite in the chat format yet. Exactly. Well, look at, well, look at what Google's doing with search, right? I mean, that's, yeah. it understands. It's like, oh, where, where should I go out for dinner tonight? And then I could be like, where is that located? It understands I'm talking about the restaurant because it understands the context of the conversation. That's been yeah. in search for a while, years yep. and years and years. That just is a like, to your point, that's a button flip for me too, where it's like, oh, now, now Bard's got that. Like they're, they're holding it back. It's not like they're trying to figure out, they're just, they're purposely going slow. Um, and as I and I, and I, and you're right about like this, the more data that they get to train the model, they will get better at different dialects of okay. how a word is spoken. Right. So that's, that'll cover accents and, and other stuff. And it'll take a little bit of time for that, for sure. Um, but I think to me, that's just like a sample size. It gets enough of a sample size of data of different dialects, and it'll be able to now capture that word in a wide variety of ways, just yeah. like a human brain could. Right. Um, as that, as that model gets out. So I definitely see it, you know, consistently, uh, improving. The other thing that we are looking at for, um, using it for AI is just from the marketing standpoint, you know, you've got things like Opus, um, uh, which I think is, I don't remember, it's like Opus video clips. Some people just Google for it, but they do, uh, you can upload a video and then it'll automatically go out and, and, uh, pull out essentially TikTok worthy or shorts worthy or reels worthy video clips. It'll put little uh, text on there and it'll, it'll subtitle mm. it and, and, and it sort of figures out the most thrilling parts of the video, right? Um, so that happens. There's one that does um, for ads, for Facebook ads that you can get that'll automatically come up with creative. Now, yeah. would you directly inject that into Facebook without looking at it? No, of course not, right? You want to manage it. You have to manage AI just like any other team member, but it's a pretty good you know, from a, like almost like a VA type of role for us was like, Hey, it'll come up with 400 ideas and you go, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, not these. Right. Yeah. Uh, or maybe a combination of the two. And then, and then that's what levels it up. So there's a lot, a lot of things that you can do to, to save time and to become more efficient. So you don't have to have as many uh, people on, on your staff, which is obviously not the goal of this, but with certain roles, it's going to happen. Just like the horse and buggies went away when cars came out, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of where those roles are. Are they, are they maybe the copy cubs, right? Using that example earlier, they now are the copy chiefs. They just have to get really good at the psychology of stuff, uh, more than just coming up with words. They have to go a little bit more of that, you know, take a little bit more yeah. effort. Um, but any other, any other sort of like final words or maybe, uh, you know, if somebody's just starting out, uh, if you can remember your journey, because this is really new for everybody. It's barely been out a year at this point uh, at the level that it is uh, with ChatGPT when they announced. Any other sort of, you know, final words or starting points that you'd recommend for somebody wanting to get into this? Yeah. So I welcome our AI overlords, <laughs> sir, ma'am, whatever you want to call yourself, however you want, whatever you want to be addressed as. He's he's um, on the record now. He's on yeah, the record. On the record. It's, it's it's your name stays on the good list. Yeah. But I will say that just... It it's, doesn't have to be mystifying at all. Just every time you do something, if you're like, would would I would my answer be better if I ran it through AI? Do it. Just run it through Chat GPT at the very least, and just say, hey, could this be better? Make this better, and then just get a second opinion. 
This is the second opinion that oftentimes you could only reserve for your boss who's only available one hour a week, especially as we're remotely working. There are no water cooler conversations anymore. There's no that none of that chatter happening if you're remote. This can be that replacement. So use it accordingly. Use it as a second opinion and just get it into your life so you can always run something by it and you will be much better off than you were without it. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, and I, I appreciate that the insights. And like you said, it's, it's just, it's a, if nothing else, it's a great brainstorming tool. And that's a good sort of gateway into using this without putting too much pressure on yourself. Am I using it correctly? It's just, just start using it, get used to it. You will eventually start learning prompting and, and all the other fun stuff. Um, that comes through it. So uh, as always, if you know, you, you've heard this and there's maybe a new tool you've heard about or, or something else you want to try, share it with others, practice this stuff. We love being able to talk about topics like this uh, for you as a listener and, and, and want to come up with more things that are able to help you grow your own business as Jeff and I are discussing how we're growing ours. Um, but again, it's being exposed to the information is one thing, sharing it and talking about it with others is another. That's where you really start building skills. So I definitely encourage you to do that uh, if this episode has helped you out in any way, shape and form. And as always, thanks again for listening to Business Unfiltered. We'll see you on the next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.